Amen. And uh, with different clothing and all that, means we are celebrating our heritage. Amen. And I think you know many people in South Africa, they are celebrating this, celebrating our heritage. Amen. But do you know that as a child of God, you have another heritage also? Okay? So I can have my natural heritage in South Africa as a South African, as an African, as a vendor, whichever tribe that you are. But beyond that, there is also something called heritage for Christians. Amen? As much as different tribes and different nations have got their heritage, the nation of God has its heritage. Amen? Tell your neighbor the nation of God has its heritage. Amen. So today I want us to talk about that. I want us to talk about his word, our heritage. His word, our heritage. In other words, when people, you know, uh, somebody at work, he came with this, I think it's the Zulu culture, the ones with those, and I think he mixed it, he said it's what this also was that the skin of the animal and that. Then I was saying to him, to us that looks like an Inyanga <coughs> in our culture. So it seems like it's necessary for each one of us to know each other's culture very well. Okay? Because that is their identity. But also, do you know that as a Christian, there should also be something that distinguishes you. As much as you can say, that one is a Zulu, that one is a Venda, that one is a Tsonga or a Shangan person, that one is a Ndebele, can they also look at you and say, that one is a Christian? Amen. Because we are a royal priesthood. We are God's holy nation. Just like there are nations and tribes, we also are a nation. The nation of God. So that's why I want us to talk about his word, our heritage. Let's start in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 6. Colossians 1, 6, <coughs> um, NLT. Mr. MJ, if you've got it. Uh, you will see that this word, which I'm saying is our heritage, when I received it, it changed my life. And after changing my life, it continues to change my situations. Amen? The very miracle that happened when my life was changed by the word is the same miracle that needs to happen each day when my situations are changed by the very same word. Read it for us, Colossians 1.6 NLT. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. Okay, so this same good news is going out all over the world. Mm. You see, it's reaching all the nation of God everywhere where they are. Because mm. we are not limited to a tribe. We are not limited to a particular color. We are mm. not limited to a particular breed or a particular group mm. of people. Mm. So this word goes out all over the world. the world. There is no culture that dominates the whole world. There is no tribe that is all over the world. There is no nation that is all over the world. But here it says this good news is going out all over 
the world, what is it doing? It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Amen. Mm. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. It gets to a person who people used to think this one, this guy is a murderer. This one is a gangster. And it changes that person and that person becomes a powerful man of God, a powerful woman of God, changing lives, bearing fruit. And sometimes it comes to your situation and you were terminally ill and it changes your life. You are revived and alive because of this word, our heritage. Continue to finish it. Just yes. as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Yeah. So this word is going out changing lives as it changed my life. But after changing my life, it's not a once-off event. It's not that it changed your life and now that's it. It keeps on bearing fruit. Because... When we accept Jesus, we continue to live here on the earth by the very same word. The same word that changed my life is the same word that will change my situation. Can you tell your neighbor? The same word that changed my life is the same word that will change my situations. The same word that saved me is the same word that heals me. Amen. It's changing life. It's bearing fruit. Amen. Because this word, you see, unlike, you know, when we grew up, people used to say, you must speak negative. You must, you must speak positive. You must never talk negative. Speak positive. And then they started teaching us some psychology. Do you know that the word of God is not psychology? <clears throat> the word of God is not positive thinking. Okay? The word of God is God's power on its own. The word of God has got power in itself. So when it was dark and God said, let there be light, those words had creative power in them. That's why when we say the word of God is my heritage, I hold something precious. I hold something powerful. Go with us to the book of Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to 17, AMPC, Amplified Classic, Romans 1. 16 to 17 AMPC, Mr. MJ. Because I'm saying to you that the word of God is not just a good information. It's not just a book. When we grew up, people used to say, no, this is the book of the Westerners. They just wanted to bring peace. And now they rob you with this book. The word of God is God's power. Amen. It's, it's got the ability that when I speak that word, and if you are sick and I speak that word, to show you that is God's power, you get healed. When people want to attack you, when people want to bewitch you, and you speak this word, you are protected. And your enemies will say, we don't know what's going on with her. Every time we want to go close to her, we just see a big river that we can't cross. Or we just see her being surrounded by fire. Why? It's because the word of God is God's power. It's not just good positive information. Read it for us. AMPC, Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Mm. Good news of Christ. Mm -hmm. For it is God's power. Okay. Can you tell your neighbor the word of God is God's power? 
The word of God is not psychology. The word of God is not positive thinking. It is God's power. Amen. It's God's power. So, in other words, God has given us a heritage of something that's so precious to him. The very thing that defines God, which is his word, the very thing that God displays his power through, which is his word, he has given that to me as a heritage. Amen? So I've got this heritage. Look at it. Continue. For it is God's power working unto salvation. For deliverance okay. from... It says God's power working unto salvation. salvation. For deliverance. Usually when we say salvation, you think of being saved the day you accepted Jesus. But the word that we read before, it says the word of God has changed your life, but it keeps on bearing fruit. So it means when it is the word of God unto, God, unto salvation, it's not that it was the word of God, just, God's power just to save me when I accepted Jesus and that was it. I want to continually experience the fullness of salvation. Okay? So as much as I was saved when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I want to live in the fulfillment and enjoy the benefits of my salvation. So unfortunately in English, they use the word salvation, which is, it limits a person's thinking. You know, it's like those of you who, I will take Venda as an example. The word muya can mean many things, isn't it? can mean air, spirit, wind, breath, anything you can think of, soul. So even when they use the word salvation there in English, it, it makes you limited. But if we look at it, the Greek word for, <clears throat> for salvation, there are two words. There is the word soteria and there is the word sozo. But for this one, that says the word of God is unto... Uh, when it says unto salvation, the word that's used there, I checked it in the Greek Bible, they use the word soteria, S-O-T-E-R-I-A. And that word soteria means to rescue, to deliver. It means health. It means preservation from danger and destruction. It means deliverance from sin and its consequences. It means ransoming. It means redemption. Do you see that? It's got everything. So in this salvation, salvation is a package. It's a full package. There are people who used to think salvation is just accepting Jesus and that's it. There is so much more in that package of salvation. I've accepted Jesus. It says it's deliverance from sin and its consequences. It says it also means preservation. It also means sound mind. It also means deliverance. So when we were saved, when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we just didn't escape hell and now ready for heaven. That's why you continue to live here. Otherwise, if salvation meant just being made ready for heaven, then you should have accepted Jesus and died. The fact that you still need to live here on the earth. You now, it says, verse 17, it says, For in the gospel, a righteousness which, ascribes, which God ascribes is revealed, 
both springing from faith and leading to faith. As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. Now if you look here, it talks about faith in two facets. The man who is upright and just shall live. That's when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You received life. But it says, and shall live by faith. So in other words, you live as you accept salvation, but you continue to live by faith. So the word of God continues to transform your life. The word of God continues to change you, change your situations. Do you think the word of God can have enough power to change your, your life and cannot change your situation? The word of God has got enough power to change you, but it cannot heal your body? No ways. So in other words, when God demonstrated his power by saving me, he was also saying to me, I can change anything in your life if you use the same word. Because the word of God is power. So the word sozo, it means saved, healed, delivered. But I like soteria because on that one, actually the word that was used is the word soteria, which means the word of God is God's power. If I need healing, unto healing. The word of God is God's power. If I need protection, unto protection. The word of God is God's power. If I need financial breakthrough, unto financial success. Whatever it is that I need, the word of God is God's power to that. Amen. That's why I like it when God, you remember when Moses said, when God revealed himself to Moses and I said, he, Moses said, if I go now to the Israelites, they will ask me, what is your name? What must I say? He said, I am who I am. So in other words, and he also said, I will be what I will be. Whatever you want me to be, I am. Amen. Why? Look at this. If God, if uh, Moses had gone to the Israelites and said, I found a God who is God the deliverer. The Israelites would have been excited to be delivered because then he would have delivered them from the Egyptians. But when they were in the desert, they did not need a deliverer. They needed a provider. Okay? Now, if this God can only be a deliverer, he will have a problem in the desert. Because we need provision. So it means when he delivered them, he was the Lord their deliverer. When they needed manna in the desert, he was the Lord their provider. Amen. In your life too, did you know that the gods of this world, especially the Chinese ones, they are for specific things. They are specialists. They specialized in one thing. So it means if the enemy comes with the other one, he will catch you. Okay? But for me, it says the word of God is the power unto salvation in whichever facet that I need salvation on. Amen. Amen. That is my heritage. And Hebrews 4.12, AMP says, says, for the word of God, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active and full of power. You remember we said the word of God is God's power. So it says the word of God on its own, it's full of power. 
Okay. Now, if the word of God is full of power and I need some things to change, I can take that word and apply it and the power that is in the word will be manifested in whatever I'm confronting. The problem with most of us is that we are speaking things that have no power. You're speaking your neighbor's words. You're speaking the newspaper's words. You're speaking the soapy's words. They have no power. Okay? But if you speak the word of God, it has power and it is power on its own itself. So it says the word of God is living and active and full of power. Making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit. The completeness of a person and of both joints and marrow. The deepest parts of our nature. Exposing and judging the very thoughts and intents of the heart. That is the power that is in God's word. Okay, Mr. MJ, you will take it for us in Colossians in the Passion Translation. You've got TPT. Okay, Colossians 1, 11 to 14. I want you to see that this word, it's got power. The word of God is power on its own. But also when it's in me, it continues to work. It continues to be effective. It continues to be powerful. That's why when this word is in my body, it's in me. If there is sickness in my body, that word will flow through my body and flush out that sickness. Because the word of God is power. The word of God has got power. So where we are going to read, you will see that this power is not just an ordinary power. It is an explosive power. Yeah, read it, Mr. MJ. Colossians 1, 11 to 14, Passion. And we pray that you'll be energized with all his explosive power. Yeah. We pray that you will be energized with all his explosive power. So are there some things in your body that needs to be demolished? There is this explosive power. Are there some things ahead of you which needs to be demolished? There is this explosive power. That's why the Bible says mountains melt. In the presence of God. Amen. There is this explosive power. That's why the Bible says. Oh great mountain. You shall become a plain before Zerubbabel. There is this explosive power. Mm -hmm. And we pray that you'll be energized with all his explosive power. From the realm of his magnificent glory. Filling you with great hope. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive his glorious inheritance. Freely given to us by living in the light. Okay, he has given us his glorious inheritance. He has given us a heritage. Amen. And this is the heritage I can be proud of. Because when I have this, I've got the explosive power of God. I will not be afraid of the enemy. Amen. I will not be afraid of the enemy. There are many people who are wishing for my downfall. But when I have the explosive power, I don't have to hate them because I've got what is superior to them. 
That's why the Bible says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my God in whom I trust. I shall not be afraid. Amen. Because there is this explosive power. Sometimes as children of God, we do not zone enough on what is in us. Verse 14, read verse 14. Okay, read 13 and 14. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. Oh, the devil is a tyranny. Tell your neighbor, the devil is a tyranny. Yeah. So the Lord has delivered us from a tyrannical rule mm. of the enemy. Mm. The devil is cruel. Okay? But it means when things go well for me, it's not because he doesn't want to be cruel to me. He wants to be cruel to you. But because you have been delivered completely from his tyrannical rule. And then when you feel attacked and you really feel down and you feel I don't know what to do anymore. Fix your eyes on your heritage. Fix your eyes on what God has given you to live victoriously here on the earth. Continue with it. And has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. Yes, I'm in a new realm now. Mm. Mm, under new management. Mm. For in the son, all our sins are cancelled. Mm. I like this thing, man. We didn't have to pay for our sins. They are cancelled. Amen. Amen. In the sun, all our sins are cancelled. But they become cancelled when you fix your eyes on Jesus. When you look at the finished work on the cross. You look at what God has done for you on the cross. Then that is what cancels your sin. But if you do not look unto Jesus, you remain with your sin. Go with me to the book of John, chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. I will read it in the NIV. Mr. MJ, you can go to Numbers 21, 8 to 9. NIV also. I will do John 3, 14 to 16, NIV. Mr. MJ, you do Numbers 21, 8 to 9, NIV. I want to show you something <clears throat> that what God has done for us in Christ, this heritage that we have, it's already yours. But if you do not focus on it, you are going to lose out. Do you know that even if somebody has bequeathed a will to you and you don't take advantage of that, you do not get it? Okay? So the word is our heritage. But let's take it and make use of it. You don't have to wait until you die to enjoy the benefits of the word. Amen? You can live in the fullness of the word in the land of the living. John 3, I will read 14 to 16. Mr. MJ will do Numbers 21, 8, and 9. I want you to look at something very powerful. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So it says, just as Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, and everyone who looked at it lived. So the son of man, Jesus Christ, was also hanged on the cross that whoever looks at him for salvation, whoever looks at him for redemption will live. But if you continue to look at your circumstances, you will die. Read it well in the numbers, you will see. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is beaten 
can look at it and live. Amen. Mm. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So most anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. There are many things that are biting us. Unfortunately, when something is biting, is beating you or biting you, you focus on it. And that's how they died in the wilderness. Because when those snakes were biting them, they were not expected to look at how the snake beat them. They were expected to look at the brazen serpent that Moses had lifted up. It says the same way Jesus has been lifted up on the cross, that when we focus on him, we leave. So continue reading it. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Amen. Amen. Just by looking at it, they lived. Okay? That's how God said it will work. So he said when you are bitten, look at that snake, you will live. When you are beaten, look at the Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You will live. And you say, Pastor, but it doesn't make sense. Just fixing my eyes on Jesus, just speaking the word, how does that change anything? I don't know how it does. But he said when they were beaten, if they just look at the snake, the serpent that was put up, they would live. Amen. I will read in James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25 NLT. James 1, 22 to 25 NLT, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glazing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. I want verse 25. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. So I want to look at this law. I want to look at the word of God. I want to expose myself to the word. It says, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. That's why in Joshua 1.8 it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Thou shalt meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. So focus on the word. It's your heritage. Focus on the word. It's your inheritance. And if you look at that word, the word of God itself has got power in it for life, has got power to heal. The word of God is like medicine. If you go with me to the book of Proverbs 4, 20 to 23, in the Jubilee translation, Proverbs 4, 20 to 23, Jubilee, it says, My son, attend to my ways. Incline thine ear unto my ways. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Remember we said, keep on looking at that word. So what I've actually decided for myself, I know many scriptures off by heart. But I've decided I still want to look at it. Because here it says, let it not depart from your eyes. So even if I know it by heart, I also want to look at it. I want to look at it. I don't want it to depart from my eyes. I want it to keep on creating a mental picture that I want to see. Do you know that whatever you expose yourself to, 
That's what shapes your mind, your thinking, and shapes your life. Amen. So I want to focus on the word. I want this word to shape me. I want this word to mold me. I want this word to heal me. Because it says, verse 22, For they are life unto those who find them, and medicine to all their flesh. Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Now somebody says, but how does the word of God work? You mean just speaking it and I get healed? It says the word of God is medicine. It is life. So if the word of God is medicine, you know, if you get a prescription from a doctor and you are told, use this medication three times a day, morning, afternoon, evening, you don't have to understand how it works. You don't even have to tell it where it must go. Just put it in the mouth, it knows where to go. Okay? So similarly, when the word of God is regarded as medicine, you take it, you speak it, you keep it in front of your eyes, all of a sudden you will realize I'm healed. Amen? There were times when you were feeling down and almost dying. But the word has rescued you. The word has rescued you. Amen? The word of God is my heritage. So go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. I will read in translation. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18 in the voice translation. To show you that you need to keep on exposing yourself to this word, which is your heritage. Amen. People are proud of their heritage. Different tribes are proud of their heritage. You are also proud of your heritage in your own tribe. But can we also be proud of our heritage as children of God? Can we also be proud of the word? Amen. Because it's got everything. Look at it. In 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, I will do it in the voice translation. It says, by the Lord, what I mean is the spirit. And in any heart where the spirit of the Lord is present, there is liberty. In any heart where the spirit of the Lord is present, there is liberty. There is freedom. Tell your neighbor, is the spirit of the Lord in you? Then you've got liberty. Because if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. So it means those things that the enemy is keeping on telling you is this, is this. Is this, is this, is this, is this, is this, is this. It's his way of shifting your attention from focusing your eyes on Jesus. It says when they were beaten by snakes, most of them actually looked at the snakes that were biting them and they died. But anyone who looks at the serpent that Moses put up lived. So it takes, it's a challenge for each one of us to expose ourselves to the word. Look at this. It says, Verse 18. Now, all of us with our faces unveiled reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors. And so we are being transformed, metamorphosed into his same image from one radiance of glory to another, just as the Spirit of the Lord accomplishes it. So it uses the word transformed. It uses the word metamorphosed. You remember when we were growing up, we used to learn metamorphosis. Ex, lover, pupa, adult. They all don't look the same. 
ex-lover, pooper, adult. You remember we used to memorize it like that. Egg doesn't look like a lover. A lover doesn't look like a full-grown moth or butterfly. It metamorphosed into a certain picture. So it says, when you look at the word, you become metamorphosed or transformed to the very image that you see. Amen. So in other words, if I put the word in front of me about the healing, no matter how my body feels, it has to be metamorphosed into healing. Amen. Because that is what is ahead of me. Okay? <laughs> There's this guy called the chameleon. He's very good at mimicking whatever he's close to. If the chameleon comes here, it will turn into this color. Whatever you expose yourself to, you become. Therefore, if I want to have this heritage as my identity all the time, then I must always be exposed to the word. So that I will always look like the word. Even when you talk with me, you will hear when I speak that I've been exposed to the word. Because when it says you will be transformed, it's like I said to you in the past, if you take a magnet and rub it against a piece of steel, the piece of steel becomes magnetic because it was exposed to the magnet. Even Moses, when he spent 40 days and 40 nights in the presence of the Lord, when he came out of there, he reflected the glory of God. Now, what do you reflect? Can people know that you are a child of God? Can people know that you, are, you have been in church? Because now you are exposing yourself to the word. May it transform even your thinking. May it transform even the way you speak. Because sometimes you find that when the devil puts pressure on you, you end up focusing more on the snakes that are biting you. You focus more on your situation and not on the author and the finisher of your faith. You know how God did it? As you go to the scripture that I want to, okay, two more, and we're going to, yeah, wind down with Go with me to the book of Exodus. No, we won't do Exodus. Exodus, I'll just explain. It's Genesis 15, 1 to 6 in the AMPC. So when Moses, that's the one in Exodus. When Moses was in the presence of the Lord, he kept on being transformed. And then he reflected the glory of God when he came to where people were. Which means also, if you want a change in your life, expose yourself to your heritage. Expose yourself to the word. Sometimes it will be difficult. Because the devil wants to convince you that it's not working. Okay? Uh, Dr. Msimango was sharing with us last week and she also touched on the issue of where the devil would want you to question God and you start fighting with God. So that you can turn your backs against God. That's exactly what he was doing even with Job. You remember the intention was there for Job. Job, curse God and die. I mean, just to curse God and die. It was supposed to be better if they said, curse God and leave. But now, curse God and die. Mm -mm, that's not right. So it means even when I'm under pressure, I will stick with the weight. As long as I still have breath in me, I will stick with the weight. 
But that word does not automatically come to you. You've got to expose yourself to the word. So let's go together to the book, Mark 4.24, AMPC, Mr. MJ, Mark 4, AMPC. I want to show you that you've done well by coming to church, but also when you go home, keep on exposing yourself to the word. When you come to church, also have a notebook. Take some of the notes, some of the verses we're saying, because you want to go home and keep on putting it before your eyes. You don't want to expose yourself to the word only pastor is preaching. You want to go home and make it your own. Therefore, you need to have those, some of those notes. You go back to them, and in your own time, you expose yourself to the word. Like I said, you are in church today. You are hearing this word. But imagine if you were sleeping or you were at home busy with other things, you would not be getting transformed. You would not be getting this word and your faith being stirred up. That's why, look at that one in, in Mark 4.24, AMPC. And he said to them, hmm. be careful what you are hearing. Okay. Be careful what you are hearing. Yeah. Be careful what you expose yourself to. Hmm. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Hmm. Amen. 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 Because there are many things that we are hearing. A lot of gossip that you are hearing. Imagine, does anybody gossip about Jesus? I mean, those gossipers of yours who come to you all the time. Hey, you, 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 know, you, you know, have you heard? Hey, Jesus is the healer. Have you heard? He's saving people. Have you heard? All the gossips that you are being told, they don't talk anything about Jesus, and that's why the devil likes it that way. Imagine if you were to take the amount of energy that you used to gossip, and you talk about Christ. Amen. So he says, be careful what you are hearing. You must be careful what you are hearing. You are responsible for your heart. That's why that one in, in Proverbs, so it says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. I want to expose my heart to the word and not to gossips. Amen? Not to gossips. Not to grumblings. Not to murmurings. You know that the Israelites always used to murmur and grumble? Mm. They liked murmuring and grumbling. And some of them, that's why they were even bitten by snakes there. Some of them died in the wilderness. Amen? Nobody ever died for faith. They were dying for grumbling. They were dying for all these other things. Okay. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. Mm. And more besides will be given to you who hear. Amen. So it is the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. You decide how much you want to expose yourself to the word. It is your heritage. Expose yourself to that word all the time. So let us conclude by Genesis chapter 15, 1 to 6. I'll read in the AMPC. Or Mr. MJ, you can do it, it's fine. Genesis 15, 1 to 6, AMPC. I want to conclude with this by showing you that God wants you to, to have a mental picture of what you want to see. 
He helps us to, to create a mental picture with his word. In other words, you go to the word that talks about healing and you start seeing yourself healed. You go to the word of God that talks about protection. You start seeing yourself protected. You go to the word of God that talks about God meeting your needs. You start seeing your needs being met. Because you are exposing yourself to this perfect law of liberty. You are looking unto it. You are looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. So there was a time when Abraham had no child. And then he was saying, am I just now going to have my, all my inheritance being given to my slave, the one who's born in my house as a slave? Why don't I have my own child? Okay? Do you know we've got a song? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons said, Father Abraham, I'm one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Amen. So if Father Abraham had many sons, can you tell your neighbor, to start off with, Father Abraham had no son. And the enemy had said, you are not going to have a child. And even in his mind, he was starting to think, I will not have a child. My inheritance will now be used by this slave person who's born in my house, Eliezer of Damascus. God had to change that way of thinking. It means even in your own life, there are many things that now the enemy wants to you to see this. You are starting to see how things are falling apart. You try to solve this, another one falls apart. You solve this, another one falls apart. The enemy wants you to keep on looking at that. But look at this, how you create a mental picture for what you want to see. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your abundant compensation. Your reward shall be exceedingly great. And Abram said, Lord God, what can you give me since I'm going on from this world childless? And he who shall be the owner and heir of my house is this steward, Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham continued, Look, you have given me no child, and a servant born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man shall not be your heir, but he who shall come from your own body shall be your heir. Okay, now, the Lord says, the one who's come from your own body will be an heir. But then, Abraham, you are old. Your wife, Sarai, has passed the childbearing age. So how will this happen? I think that's what was happening in Abraham's mind. Look at how God changes his mental picture. And he brought him outside his tent into the starlight and said, Look now towards the heavens and count the stars. Okay. He says, we've got to create a certain picture for you, Abraham. Start looking up toward the heavens. 
So I said, if you are bitten by the snake and you keep on looking down to where you are bitten, you will not live, you will die. You've got to start looking up. Okay? Look toward the heavens. If you are able to number them, he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Okay. So, look if you are able to number them. How many of you have ever tried to count the stars? Amen. And you count and you think, I've already counted this one. So, as he was counting, the Lord says, Abraham, how many are they? Uh, Father, I just can't count them. There are too many. That's how many children you will have. That's why today we can say, Father Abraham has many sons. Many sons says, Father Abraham, I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. And if you look at Father Abraham, he is claimed by the Jews as their forefather. He is claimed by the Muslims through, uh, through Ishmael as their grandfather. He is claimed by us as Christians as our grandfather also, as our forefather. So, that thing of his, I'm going childless. I'm going to die in this world without a child. Uh-uh. You were not reading the right thing. You're supposed to look at what God has The word of God is my heritage. Can we just take a minute to stand up and thank God for the word of God?